0: All right, so welcome to Ohanga. My name is Fernie. Today we'll be speaking with Kayla. How are you today, Kayla? I am good. How are you? Fine, thank you. So, we'll start off with something easy. What kind of art do you do?
1: Sure, so I design apparel. I also design, you know, some more custom gifts, but for the most part, um, I've moved into apparel and it's been really fun to watch the journey start from when I when I began to like where I'm at now. Um, so definitely
0: great learning experience. How did you first get involved with art in general? So it all kind of
1: started because I was in college and I was seeing, you know, things that people were ordering off Etsy. Um, I was in a sorority, so that was part of it. You know, people couldn't get things custom enough. They couldn't get them in fast enough. And so I really said, oh, I think I could do that. Um, And so it kind of grew from there. I was a business major in school, so that's kind of the way that my brain uh operated rather than the art side which is always interesting to be in, in like kind of more art defined space but yeah that's really how I got my start and it's just kind of snowballed from there because the people around me have been so supportive about it where did you go to school um so I went to college at Florida Southern College in Lakeland Florida and Koi literally ran a business out of my dorm room for two of the three years that I was there thank you to my roommate
0: <laughs> for allowing that Was it in your sorority house where you like started this? I actually
1: started at home like in between the summer of freshman and sophomore year, but um, we did not have a house on campus. We had just like sorority suites and I brought my machine with me and I used to press shirts on the tile floor with my roommate's iron. I did not even own an iron (laughs) Um, and we made it work. And then by the time I came around to my senior year, I had a little workshop in the side of the kitchen in our um, apartment. And again, thank you to my roommate for always supporting me and only telling me
0: to clean up occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How much space like does the machine take up? Is it like big or can you just like put on a shelf?
1: Um, I actually just use a Cricut machine, but um, I also have a t-shirt press that weighs like around 100 pounds. So I try not to move it very often. Um, I always laughed to the first time um, I took it down to school. My dad and I always drove down to school and he looked at me like I was crazy when I said that this needed to come to school. He was like, what do you mean? And I was like, yeah, like, I got to bring this. And he was like, okay. And he was like, can you carry that? And I did. I carried it all the way down the stairs and loaded it into the car and then Once we got there, I carried it into the apartment and I was like, I will not be moving this again. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so I actually used the like desk that they provided. That was like pretty much my workspace in college. And now I run Ivy and K out of my basement. So it's almost the same amount of space with a couple of extra shelves for storage. But otherwise, still keeping it small for now. That's
0: awesome. Is... Is there a specific person that particularly influenced you wanting to like go into making apparel? No one person
1: was like, you know, really behind
0: it, but it
1: was really more of like, oh, I could definitely do that um, and make it happen. And, you know, my friends were really supportive, like, oh, can you try to make this? Can you do this? I mean, they loved having that. As part of our like sweet environment in college, they were like, what about this? Do you, they would like show me things, be like, do you, do you think you can make this? And so that was really exciting to have like their support and their ideas. Um, I always say that like, I am not necessarily the creative brain, but I will figure out how to make it happen. So when people come to me with their ideas, I love that.
0: So what motivates your art and what you create, like new things that you would add to your Etsy or anything like that?
1: Yeah, it's actually interesting. So I spent three years at Florida Southern and I came back home um, to Rhode Island and spent a year at Brown uh, earning my master's in Innovation Management and Entrepreneurship. And after that, I spent a long time looking for a job, like a full-time job. And so during that time, um, I really, really poured into my shop. And at that time, you know, it was really a mishmash of things that I had made for my friends and thrown up on the shop. I do a lot of sorority like reveal um, shirts on my shop and that that was really taking off as far as products. And so I was really feeding into that. Um, but about six months into pouring into my own business um, and, you know, around the start of the coronavirus pandemic, I was like, okay, well, this is <laughs> what I have for options right now as far as a job. So I got to make it work. And I really took a look at what was on my shop and said, like, would I be wearing this? And, you know, a lot of it was sorority based and things like that that I wouldn't necessarily be. But I really took the time to say, okay, like, let's put some stuff on the shop that I would wear. I had a friend while I was at Brown who also has an apparel business and he wore his shirts and sweatshirts every single day. He was the brand. And it was really interesting that I was not in the same same wavelength at that point and so you know during the start of the pandemic i was like yeah like let's make this something that i want it to be and i had a really great response from you know my supporters and it was also a very interesting time because nobody wanted to go to the store uh you couldn't get anything very fast on amazon so all of a sudden people were turning to me more than ever to get a gift for them out the door, for something for them to pick up like on my front steps and not have to see anyone. So that was really kind of inspiring to say, okay, how can I streamline this? How can I make this work for everybody all around? And it's really taken off more since there. I also should mention that you know, since I came home from undergrad, uh, I have been doing craft fairs like in person around Christmas time. You know, I did my first big show September of 2019 at um, the Slater Park in Pawtucket, Slater Park Fall Festival, which is a huge, huge event. Over 100 vendors and 12,000 people walk walk through over the weekend and. You know, those were something that I was really, really excited about going into 2020. And then um, none of them happened, none of the bigger ones. So it's it's also been kind of shifting from, you know, my thought of let's do more in person. Let's get out and see more people um, and kind of shifting that into really articulating my my shop and my line in that kind of way to be something that I want to wear and also that the people around me want to wear.
0: Mm -hmm. have you like connected with other apparel makers at the craft fairs like before they stopped obviously were you like getting inspiration from other people when you were there like meeting other people who are in this business you know it's interesting i
1: spent a lot of time um, with my friend from brown his name is aiden uh and his shop is relic design.com and he and I had a lot of good conversations just about, you know, business model, the way we were doing things. And uh, that was really great to get his uh, perspective, his ideas, and we would bounce things um, back and forth off each other all the time. As far as at local events and craft fairs, I definitely, anytime I go to a craft fair and I love someone's product, I, you know, go up to it and make a connection with them. I think it's really important to hear when people love your stuff and also like hear from somebody who knows the work that goes into showing up at one of those, um, you know, just a feedback. And, you know, I've had people come up to me and be like, I love your stuff, like this is so wonderful. And so, you know, the small business community is really great in that respect. Another way that I have gotten connected with other, apparel makers and just makers in general, is that last summer I, um, you know, with the prospect of all the craft fairs being closed and really everybody was stuck inside, um, I put together a virtual market, uh, which is basically a webpage that I developed. I had some people apply and we just basically listed everybody's shop. And so that was really great to meet some people that I had never met before, connect with business owners that I already knew, um and ultimately I ended up doing one in the summer one in the fall and then one at Christmas time and I'm actually doing one next weekend for spring as well so definitely connecting with others has been really really great but I wouldn't say that it's specifically apparel in that sense
0: Mm -hmm. were you nervous the first time you did a craft fair since like I feel like craft fairs I would normally think of like like fine art, like paintings? Like, were you worried about being like a different kind of art? Yes. Um, it's
1: funny. I, for a while, was like, no, no, I I don't fit in that box. I, I That doesn't make any sense. Um, my mom and my grandma are craft fair people. They love going to craft fairs. I have a lot of memories going to craft fairs. And I was just like, no, like, I don't really think I fit that box. Um, and, you know, my dad and my mom really kept pushing me to say no no like try it out so um the first one that i did um you know i would do smaller scale ones i did a couple at a nursing home and at a daycare that were really small just like me showing up with what i had um but and i was nervous i mean the thing with apparel is versus fine art or something like that is you don't have it in someone's size they're not gonna buy it so if you show up with paintings, right? You bring what you bring, regardless, and it is what it is as far as products. Um, apparel is a different ball game um, in that sense, and it costs a lot to bring to bring a full inventory to wherever you're going. And you know, you just hope that you bring kind of the right amount. Um, luckily for me, because I really put my all into trying to attend a season full of events. I tend to, um, you know, like how people overcook <laughs> when you have people coming over, I tend to over before I show up because I always fear that like, I won't have what I need. So I really try to stock up for the first event that I do per season. And then really kind of weigh that out for the rest of the season, because sometimes, craft fairs are a new day every single time you go um which is really nerve-wracking but also it's a great way to you know make new connections especially with the local market um because you know etsy is great in the in the terms of you know you can get national exposure but how do you see the people that live down the street from you especially when, you know, it's an online business and literally like I drop packages on my front steps for people to, you know, to mail out, but I don't have a storefront in that kind of sense. So yeah, definitely.
0: And then, so you said you're working a full-time job now with, um, Ivy and K. So how did you end up getting this job? Like what do you do? Yeah.
1: So it's pretty crazy. Um, I always knew that when I found something, it was either going to happen really fast or it would be like a process and it happened really fast. I did have a contract job during um, during the start of the pandemic. I returned to, to Brown for um, contract engagement, basically, um, and that was great to have during the pandemic. Otherwise, I think I would have grown crazy with not having something specific to do. But I was just kind of pouring into to Etsy, like I said, and knowing that all events were canceled, I was like, I, I can't, you know. I was able to make it through 2019 because I had had all those in-person events, and th- those were really, really great exposure days. Um, in addition to what I was already doing on Etsy, but. My Etsy shop is very much sorority driven. So when school shut down last March, that line of business like dropped almost immediately. Um, like I had girls calling me to cancel their order and I don't usually take cancellations, but at that point I, I couldn't get the supplies in and they weren't at school anymore. So there was no reason to like it really enforced the no cancellation policy when it didn't make any sense um, and so kind of looking at all of that for the fall especially with people not going back to school and things like that so you know traditional sorority season not happening as crazy it was I was like okay now is the time to find a job um so you know I I should also say that during all that time I was applying for full-time jobs um, as well and it just the right place at the right time um and so now i'm you know working a full-time job um as an executive assistant so it's pretty uh it's always changing um but it's pretty busy um which is why i've really come down into the system of um like i was telling you earlier i spend all week sourcing and ordering products so that by friday night everything is at my house and ready to go Um, and i either spend you know, depending on how much I have to do, is how much how much of my weekend I spend um, pushing out orders. But you know, I I typically ship on Saturday or Monday to get things out. Um, there are smaller things that are ready that I can do during the week. Um, but as far as like larger orders, um, I try to get them all done on the weekend for now, and that's really how I balance it. You know, eventually a goal of mine is to is to be able to work for myself full-time, whether it's it's uh, in the IB and k realm or something else, who knows. Uh, but that year and a half that I got to spend working on IB and k full-time was so great for, for me and and, and k mm-hmm.
0: So do you think there are any specific themes that emerge in the different stuff you make on IB and k And like why do you think these keep showing up?
1: Yeah, definitely interesting. So like I said, got my start in the sorority market and I produce, I produce items that are not licensed um, on purpose because, you know, the licensing process is crazy. So I say pretty generic in that department. Um, And then my parents are both teachers. So I have a lot of, you know, teacher friends in my greater circle. And so that was really kind of the next stepping stone to say, all right, like let's let's make some shirts surrounding this. Um, but then, you know, once the pandemic hit and it really turned around, and I looked at what I was selling and whether I would wear it or not, I, I kind of came out, came up with some new designs and some new things, and my my customers responded really well to them. So, you know, a lot of them stem around like kindness, being kind, being you. I have a uh, kind of female empowerment line under the the quote, lead her ship instead of just leadership. And that's really taken off and allowed me a lot of great connections and made great gifts for a lot of people over Christmas time. So that's really exciting. And then, you know, kindness kind of stems through a lot of what I do. It's also interesting, like I... Sometimes I'll throw something up as an experiment on my shop and all of a sudden, like it goes really well. So I started doing some more location specific um, with Rhode Island and, you know, allowing people to custom order for their state. Um, But I also played with, I did have an Outer Banks sweatshirt on my um, store with literally just the location, Outer Banks. And um, that was really popular around Christmas time. People were really into that. It'll pick back up probably as summer happens. And then I've also got a couple of Taylor Swift inspired sweatshirts on my shop. Again, just because it's something I would wear. I actually gifted them to my friends before I even put it on the shop. So the inspiration is really kind of me, like whatever. If I would wear it, I'll put it on the shop at this point, but you'd be surprised how far that translates from, you know, a 23 year old to kind of all over the market. Cause you know, my grandma wears my designs and not just because she's my grandma. So yeah, uh, definitely kind of all different kinds of products, but they definitely center around the themes of, you know, kindness and, and just being yourself.
0: And then what obstacles have you faced in the pursuit of your creating this business?
1: Yeah, you know, I always laughed because as I was creating this business, I was in business school. So, like, literally, I would take what I learned in class in the morning and get back to my room at night and be, like, changing things, and which is really crazy, like, now to look back at how much that helped. It was really great. As far as obstacles, I would say that learning about shipping is so fun. I don't know if you've heard that from any other um, artist, but getting... Getting it down to a science that I have it down to now takes a lot of time. And shout out to the guys at my college mailroom. Um, they really kind of showed me the ropes uh, to do things in the correct way. And then, you know, I have graduated from there in that sense. But also, you know, learning, learning the right suppliers, how to get high quality products in fast. And it's really hard to, you know, have an inner evaluation, like looking at these things like, okay, am I doing the right thing? Is this stale? What can I do to help kind of graduate to the next level? And, um, you know, it it takes a lot of time to be confident in the work that you're putting out. I have definitely grown in the, you know, if somebody's not happy with something, um, how to handle that rather than just like, oh yeah, I'll give you a refund. (laughs) Like it doesn't work like that anymore. Um, But ultimately, like, I would say just growing pains of like trying to figure out how to take this from like ironing shirts on the floor in my dorm to kind of graduate it to be a full time eventually.
0: Have you ever had to deal with the stereotype of the struggling artist and how did you deal with that?
1: It's definitely interesting because Ivy and k was intentionally like a side hustle from the beginning. And then it kind of turned into a full-time hustle for a little while. I would say that Ivy and k is still growing always. And so I don't necessarily think that people view it kind of in the sense of the struggling artist. It's more of the like, oh, she does this and this and this and let me support her in that kind of sense. So I guess
0: not really. Um, so how would you describe your work process and your workspace? <laughs> okay. So it's
1: definitely interesting uh, process wise. Um, I am working on being the kind of person who plans out a product launch Far ahead of time um, and gets all the pictures ready and gets all the listings ready and you know has a nice drop I would eventually love to be the kind of person who makes a certain amount of things has a drop and it sells out from the drop and I mail it all out and that is that that'd be great my business is so uniquely customizable in terms of size and color and things like that that it's not that easy so I usually, my process is brainstorm about some new, you know, ideas that I have for products. And then I put them on a couple of samples, usually all in my size or my friend's sizes, knowing that if they don't, if the samples don't go, then I have somebody to give them to. Um, And then I kind of post them and see what kind of response I get. It's crazy. Like some things you don't expect to get a response and all of a sudden they like blow up. Um, and some things that you do really expect people to go with and they don't they don't take off Um, but really ultimately I am a pretty quick turnaround from design to um, making it happen cutting cutting it out pressing it on the shirt it's a it's definitely when I'm on a mission to make some new products there are new products coming out with that being said after I design and and see you know get that initial test of what's going pretty well, I will streamline the process to make it easier. So right now is currently sorority season, and so previously I would order shirts on demand. So if somebody said they wanted two smalls, a large, and an extra large, I would order two smalls, a large, and an extra large right then and there, and it would come in in time, which is all great. Um, but with the way that my you know my schedule works right now it it's really beneficial to me to have the shirts right here and just say okay that's what you want and kind of push it through in that sense so you know whether it's having shirts in stock having shipping boxes here like things like that like so that I don't have to go make a run to the post office for a box every time like things like that have really Help to streamline the process because in the beginning it was like oh I, I gotta find a box let me go to Michael's and all this stuff for like one little order whereas now like I try to have what I need for an order on hand to make it happen and the other thing with that is you can make things happen for customers and in, in terms of rush orders you know again like I said during the pandemic I had a lot of people like I need a birthday gift and I can't get to the store I can't do that so honestly I cleared out a lot of the inventory that I had in on hand because people needed gifts um in that sense during that time so the more I mean the more I keep on hand the easier it is obviously it becomes an inventory challenge but you know it definitely definitely kind of works in that sense as far as my
0: um my work path do you are you more of like a night worker or a day worker? Do you listen to music, watch TV? It's
1: interesting because I I used to be a, a night worker all the time, um, and I listen to podcasts or I watch YouTube videos for the most part while I work. Um, but the downside to that, and something that I'm I'm getting better at, is I was never good at taking photos of my work and I was always just like hopeful that the customer would send me a great picture, which does happen sometimes, but it doesn't always happen. Um, And so because of that, I have shifted a little bit to the Saturday mornings, like I said, um, but I definitely like to work when the house is quiet, kind of power through and get some work done, um, which is why... It's funny why I go for the Friday night a lot of the time, because, you know, there's other things going on, especially during the pandemic. Sometimes um, my friends will FaceTime on Friday night and I'll just be like getting stuff done while we're talking. Um, But I try really hard not to come down to the shop, as I like to call it, and do one order at a time like if i'm down here i'm it's a work session i'm i'm making it work and i'm i'm ready so sometimes uh, you know on thursday i'll design everything and maybe i'll cut everything and then on friday i'll come down and get everything ready and press everything like really to streamline it to make it easier in that kind of sense Mm
0: -hmm. do you have like a favorite podcast or youtuber that you would always go to to watch
1: um it's really funny it depends on um my thoughts of the day, like what I'm, what kind of content I'm trying to consume, whether it's going to be background consumption or actually focusing on listening. I tend to watch Once Upon a Bron. Uh, she is a Disney blogger and um, it's just nice to, to listen to her in the background. We are the same age and I just like, we could be BFFs if we ever knew each other in another life. I also have listened to... The theater podcast they kind of do like full show analysis so the the episodes are long so i like that about it i also will listen to i listen to books like on youtube i love to read but uh, i'm kind of in a reading rut right now but for a while books like for free on youtube or on libby were what i was listening to and more recently i will listen to my friend started a podcast called bite Thy Thumb. And it's kind of nice because it's just like my friends are here talking to me and I don't have to participate in the conversation. So that's kind of what I listen to or I'm um,
0: watching Survivor currently. So I'll put that in the background mm-hmm. if necessary. That's awesome. I totally understand the reading thing, though. I'm an English major and I love to read, but I feel like sometimes it's so hard to like have time to sit down and read. Like when you get so busy with everything, it's like, oh. yeah, and A lot of the time,
1: my friends will tell you that I don't really um, rest well. (laughs) So a lot of the time, if I sit down to read, I'll sit down and fall asleep, especially on a weekend. So I used to be, I was like really on a book kick for a little while, but I don't have a book that I'm like dying to read. Like for a while, I was like, okay, I have this list and I got to read what's next. But right now I don't. Um, I have been reading a couple of books like about, you know, running your own business uh, and things like that that are really interesting. Um, but it's hard because a lot of the content is about starting a new business and, and even like podcasts that I've tried to listen to, blogs that I've tried to read, um, or like you go on these like Etsy resources and fill out a quiz and it's like, wow, like you're in the top 10% of Etsy shops. I'm like, awesome, great. And they're like, our resources can't help you.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, so what is your ultimate goal for your business and what do you want it to be or like mean to your audience? Um, that's a great
1: question. Um, ultimately, I want to highlight to, to my audience, like supporting, you know, your local, um, um, your local business owners in the terms that you know, somebody down the street from you is probably making that thing you're trying to buy off Amazon. Um, and I also, you know, I only put stuff on the shirt to sell to the masses if I would wear it, like I said. So, um, you know, kind of women empowerment, women in business is something that I really, um, uh, am interested in, but also, you know, I, I studied startups. I IVK is technically a startup. Like the idea that if you have an idea, you can take it and run with it is something that um you know, I want the audience to see like I'm just a 23-year-old who had an idea and now here I am. Like I said before, I would like to work for myself whether it's through um IVK or you know, empowering other small businesses, something that I'm really working towards like in my business is, is kind of using my knowledge of Etsy and you know of entrepreneurship in general. Like I really would love to help out other small businesses kind of get their footing. I mean, not that I have like, you know, a 20,000 like following or anything like that, but you know, I make it work and I, I bring in orders constantly and ship out orders. Like there's a lot of growing pains like I went through like that I could help people with.
0: Is there anything else um, important that you would want like readers or listeners to know? Yeah, I mean, I just think that,
1: like I talked about before, you know, supporting the people in your backyard are is a wonderful opportunity. Take a look at, at what's around you. Go, go out to that craft fair, go out to that farmer's market, the flea market, where you're going to find artists and don't be afraid to spend a little bit more to, to support a real human being.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's all I have for you. So thank you so much for talking with me.